Welcome to another episode of Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. How you doing this week, Derek? Mildly adequate. Excellent. Glad to hear it. So, gotta ask you, when you are looking at canoe trippers, especially if, you know, you're looking at the old Bill Mason films and stuff like that, and you see some of these old guys that um, came well before us, and they explored places that hadn't been touched by canoes and, and all that sort of stuff. You ever wonder what it was like back then? I have wondered what it was like with the old technology, the old stock canoes, the woolen clothings, uncomfortable clothes. <laughs> heavy canoes, heavy packs, yeah. tump lines, wanigans. Yeah, can you imagine carrying a wanigan? No. No, thanks. <laughs> well, when we, as we discussed last week's show, um, or let it discuss itself, uh, went across to New York State and met up with a bunch of the guys that did the meanest link. Now, the gentleman that we went to their, their home and, and did the interview around the table, it was uh, Mark Scarlett and his brother John Scarlett. They've been canoe tripping and paddling in general since uh, the 60s. I do believe they actually were in 58, 59, somewhere in there as well. <laughs> long before so, I was born. Oh man, like, yeah, long, long, long before. Um, but the experiences and the way I look at it, I mean, I look at, I look at books on Algonquin Park and that's one of their favorite places. Uh, but I look at books on, in Algonquin Park and they say, you know, back in the sixties, this was happening and this was happening and none of that stuff's around anymore. And, you know, there was dams and there was log shoots and. And these guys were there. These guys were there. They saw, and that's just what, you know, you're just talking with them and you're thinking, you guys are, you guys saw all this stuff. You know, we just see it in books now and you guys actually live through it all. And, and some of these roots that you guys are doing are there because of you guys. Living and, history. Yeah. And that's exactly it. And, um, you know what? I, uh, so yeah, after we did our, our discussion with the Minas Link, uh, group there, um, everybody sort of went to the side and I had, uh, John and Mark Scarlett, um, cozy up to the mic and, uh, asked them, you know, like just, just chat about your experiences, what got you in canoe tripping and, and paddling and, and what you like about it and changes and all that. And they actually had quite a lot to say. And, um, needless to say, <laughs> by the time they were done, I had well more than enough talk time to, to fill a show. So, you know, and, and, and just trying to edit this show was, was, um, very difficult. And, and again, you weren't able to make it, no. but you've listened to part of these interview and, uh. It's fascinating. It really is, isn't it? Uh, I, I really wish I could have been there to hear it in person and ask some of my own questions because it, it, just going through and listening to it, I just, there's so many questions I had on the tip of my tongue. It's like, oh, I, I can't, I can't ask them. You can't ask them now. Yeah. No. <laughs> but, uh, you know what? It was, it was really fabulous going down to their home, sitting with them and just just letting them talk and, and bring out all these experiences and these memories from over the years. And so here they are, Mark and John Scarlett, AKA the Scarlett brothers. And this is just them sitting around their kitchen table, uh, having a chat and reminiscing about the good old days. Back in 2009, Mark and I first connected with all these wonderful Canadians uh, on Craig Lake. Uh, we had been in touch with some of them via the internet, I guess. AA. Yeah. AA. And, and, and so we're going to adventure. adventure. So here we're. I was going to say, yeah. So we were these legendary older guys, the Scarlet Brothers. But I think what's been so neat in the seven years since then is to see that despite all the experience we've had, there are young people like uh, Brandon Peak and you guys, uh, who are just going to leave us in the dust with the amount of, ex- you know, before too many more years and the amount of experience and your knowledge of the park. And, uh, I think that's really neat. Well, the, the, you know, the, the, the spirit of adventure is alive and well, I think, you know, and, and, uh, uh, people who still, uh, uh, find the place, you know, uh, worthy of, of, uh, of, of adventure, you know, of, of the challenges that it can still offer. I know from my own experience, um, when I started canoe tripping, nobody I knew 
canoe tripped. Yeah. You know, it was me. And then I actually met Marcus, um, was the first I met in person, but I was on the Algonquin Adventures board and, and stuff and, and following up. And the Scarlet Brothers <laughs> the, kept popping up everywhere. The Scarlet Brothers, the Scarlet Brothers. There's a couple others as well, but the Scarlet Brothers kept popping up. And then, you know, oh yeah, Mark Scarlet is meeting us and John Scarlet is meeting us. And it's just like, you know, I've never met you guys before. And I'm thinking, I wonder if they're making these guys up, right? <laughs> so, you know, um, but you, you talk in the, in the conversations I've had with people about you two, it's about how long. You guys have been doing this. It's just a question of living long enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're, you're, what, 60 years since you first started canoeing? 50 years, is it, since you've been going to Algonquin Park? 63 to now is what, uh, longer than 53, yeah. 53, 53 years. 53 years. Yeah. I've been going about 24, 25 years doing this. I mean, and I'm not even halfway to where you guys are, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I mean, the other people I've known that are right into the tripping as well. It's 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 phenomenal to go out there and, and see what's there and go explore places. But when you're going to Algonquin Park, it's all been explored for the most part. I mean, if you follow the map. Uh -huh. But you guys were there yeah. back before Jeffrey's maps and, yeah. and everything yeah. like that where, you know, there's all the little historical spots and, and everything yeah. like that. You guys were actually there. Well, our, our actually, our first... I mean, We've, we had a little bit of canoe tripping experience before we got into the park, but our first trip into the park was one that John fabricated from a highway map. You know, and actually, that was my usual got approach. A, yeah, we got a, a, start a, with a, road a, map. a copy of it, simply a road map. And he, he figured out that, uh, I mean, that Algonquin Park was laid out on that road map. But uh, uh, when he looked of uh, the Madawaska River, went you know trying to define a loop you know you always wanted to find a trip that was you know bring you back to where you started uh it, it, that's helpful generally especially for driving <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so so he figured out that if if you started from iron prior at the at the mouth of the madawaska river that would take you you know on this highway map on this road map take you into the park and then there was the Petawawa River that went back to the Ottawa, and of course the Ottawa would take you back to Arnprior. It's you piece know, of cake. It's a piece of cake. It's right there, you know. Uh, uh, so that was the trip that that uh, that John, uh, uh, you know, thought might be uh, an adventure. Uh, so we we got some of uh, uh, you, know, you know some of the the uh, uh, topo maps. Got the topos. You know that would that would break it down. Didn't talk to anybody who knew anything about the route. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and and John, I I had just graduated from college and or not college from high school in '63, so I was 18 years old, uh, headed off to college. Dan was uh, what? This would be the summer between my junior and senior year. Senior, okay, all right. Uh, uh, and and he had had uh, 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 at least one trip, you know, that he had fabricated like that, you know, and, and uh, two, had come back two, uh, from well, he had survived it. Yeah, two of them. Uh, June, I graduated from high school in June of 1960, and a classmate and I went uh, from Kingston to Ottawa in the Rideau in like three days, three and a half days. I mean, just long days. And then in 60, that was 1960, and then 61, a college classmate and I uh, went, started near Timmins and went down to just north of Sudbury uh, and somehow did it in the time that we had. But that was another crazy uh, route picked out by a river road map. But uh, yeah, that, and then the trip you and I took in 59 really started it, uh, you know, a trip of any length going mm -hmm. from uh, Gannakwa to Lowborough Lake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and the, but the first really big one was the one the arm prior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, so after that that trip, inspired me to want to uh, go back to Algonquin. That was the first time in Algonquin. I thought, wow, what a wonderful place. So I I was teaching at a boys prep school. It's my first job. I graduated from college with my bachelor's in June of '60, and I start teaching '64, and then start teaching right away the same month. Uh, 
but that gave me customers. So if I want, so I thought, wow, I can take, I can charge, and take these kids on a canoe trip in Algonquin and, and create my own summer job, and I'll get Mark to be my main man. And uh, <laughs> so we, we, that first uh, trip in six, summer '65 was 34 weeks long, 28 days, starting July 3rd. Right started, out of the gate, you know, no experience doing this sort right? of thing. Yeah, starting to July, starting July 3rd, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we resupplied at Brent, and I connected with uh, Jake's uh, predecessor. Uh, oh gosh, can't remember his name. Anyway, had the food, all this freeze-dried food, shipped to him, except it got held up at customs in Pembroke. So we get to we get to Brent, and there's no food. So I have to get on. I have to get on a train and go into Pembroke, pay the duty, and come back with this food while everybody waited for me. Uh, so that was. We rented the canoes in the park, and we, I we charged. I charged three hundred dollars for the trip for ten ten kids and you and me, or maybe nine nine kids. And I figured that you know that would. So I I used that money to buy some cheap tents. And I supplied... These were canvas pup tents, uh, army surplus pup tents. Yeah, so right. I supplied... Kids supplied their own sleeping bags. I supplied tent and pack, I think. Tent, yeah, yeah, and... Uh, it's probably all army surplus. I yeah, think. yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it was... Uh, In, including some of the food. We had, uh, I can remember, jungle chocolate bars. Hershey's, Hershey's. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Tropical yeah. chocolate that didn't melt very yeah, easily. Yeah. Didn't, and, and, wow. and, and Even in I your mouth. Was, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was Army surplus bug stuff, bug yeah, dope right. too. That was yeah. uh, early, you know, uh, melted anything, you know, uh, bug dope. So, 100% deet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then I come home from that and uh, take Liz on her first canoe trip ever for two weeks and then start planning for the next year. So the next year, uh, two three-week trips with the kids and a two-week trip in between with Liz. So at summer of 66, I got to be paddling for eight weeks. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and got paid for six of them. Yeah. Uh, Can't what, beat what, that, eh? Yeah, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't paid very much. But And then the, the third year, we did one two-week trip, maybe. Yeah. But that was it, just the three summers. But, but, the, but uh, I mean, the whole idea of going out for four weeks you know, of, of camping, you know, by the end of that, you were just so acclimated to the routine and to being yeah. there that it was. It was. I mean, the reality is that that you're 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 enjoying the the, the best slice of the of the twelve months. You know, in fact, you could you you couldn't make it a a, a way of living, but uh, it was it was really you know magical to to be able to be in that space. Cooking over wood all the time. Uh, no sleeping mats. Yeah, I can yeah. remember Liz and I after two weeks on our canoe trips together, early trips. We'd come home and we couldn't sleep in the bed. We had to sleep on the floor. The bed, <laughs> wow. was, the bed was too soft. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I was just saying, like, how hard was it to come back to yeah. civilization oh, after? I, I I decided once you've been out for three weeks or longer, you don't want to come back. Yeah. Just. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so it's, it's so natural yeah. and automatic. Yeah. And, uh, but, I, but I can remember of uh, sleeping on a point of rock, and I think it I think it might have been Smoke Lake or West Ragged Lake, of maybe it was Ragged, of uh, finding. So this was you know this was Canadian Shield rock that we were sleeping on without mats. You know, just finding the place in the rock where everything fit. You know, and you were comfortable, and lying there. You know, with this with this big sky and all these stars, and you know, and it was just it was it, just exquisite. And, and the know. kids would uh, uh, didn't want to put up their tents once in a while. It was just too much effort, so they'd all sleep out and get get inside their sleeping bags to get away from the bugs, and so they didn't think twice about sleeping out under the stars. Yeah, but uh, you know. Uh, you know, we uh, uh, at, at that point, uh, you know, you talk about you know some of the history of the park, and and you know so much of it was still, you know, very much evident. You know, the oh, stuff spring, that's yeah. been lost. Spring camp, spring camp, one building, 
still had the roof on entirely and had uh, the, uh, the spring beds in it. I mean, you could just, every building in the place was, was identifable and what its function was. Uh, just yeah, amazing. Black, see what with black, the stables and blacksmith yeah. shop and uh, yeah. oh, just oh, yeah, uh, that's pretty yeah. much gone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And then the the open yard area in front of it uh, was all maybe some a few young pines coming up. But yeah. now, my gosh, you've got to really work to find anything. Well, I mean, even with the um, the log drives, you go some of these rivers and you know there was big shoots and everything there, and you got to hunt to find. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, there like when you're coming out of cedar. Um, you can see where some of the old timbers yeah. were, and you can find some of the big spikes that right. were used for. Yeah, yeah. But you guys actually saw the log yeah, drives yeah, happening. That, that shoot on the on the falls. Well, not in the above, park, but in, but yeah, outside yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. You know. But that shoot on the falls above uh, above Cedar Lake was still, you know, very clearly you know, a shoot. You know. So, so what are so what are some of the the special moments like uh, John Gleason, the uh, like three days before the end of a three week trip with the kids. He nudges some wood into a fire that has a, into our cooking fire that has a pot of boiling water on the top, and overturns the boiling water onto his ankle. Uh, makes this huge blister all the way around his ankle, and uh, we, we bandaged it up and took him uh, on the way home. We stopped where my parents vacation on Lowborough Lake and went to a local doctor in the countryside to, to take mm -hmm. care of his. Ankle never got sued by parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and we had some close calls. I mean, we were we were really uh, uh, lucky, lucky, very lucky, very lucky. We, I mean, we we took risks that we didn't have a clue. Oh, what, and one of the great ones. Well, the, well, you got one. For the well, the is is uh, not taking the 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 portage above Cedar, the Exa long portage. Yeah, exactly. What is that? No, uh, no, the the one. Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, uh, uh, Narrowbag from Narrow, yeah, yeah. from Narrowbag down to. Oh, yes. Yes. We yeah. we took the water the whole way. What? Yeah, we didn't take. The I, I, I highly recommend <laughs> it. It's a, it's, uh, it's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, it, it, you guys. Not a, not a high you, water. But, yeah, but you guys. You oh, know, you'd love you, it. You'd love it because you've been in that kind of a situation. You know, it's it's like. It's like a Some little waterfall. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, uh, you'd 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 have a chance to experience over the course of three or four hours what the the bullshare is like. You know, uh, three uh, or four hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to you know, be over unicorn hill and these two. And, and, and so I know, but that's but that's the point. It's not you know it's not the, yeah. uh, the you know the the time. It's a chance to experience a little piece of the park. Of uh, we. Uh, you know, among the kids that we had on that on that trip when we did that, and I don't know why we decided to do that. It it starts out with about a, a four foot falls at the very head of it, mm. and and uh, uh, the fellow I was traveling with, who ended up being a uh, you know went to West Point, of uh, a, a youngster, uh, you know we decided we're going to run it. Well, no, that was that was farther down. That was farther. That, that was a much higher one. You went you went down one that was like. Ten feet high. No, it, it, you, it was, you had it on the kid. You took no, a movie up. I know. It was, the, it was almost the length. It was of the canoe. The canoe was 15, 15 feet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. What were we thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyway, we 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 made it over. Yeah. Uh, and but but filled the Boom. canoe with water. You know, <laughs> no, when we when we you know came down into the foam at the bottom, there was no buoyancy. You know, and and you know we just buried the canoe in the water, and and came up. Uh, uh, with a canoe full of water and, and lost control of it, and and so then it gets swept sideways against a rock. So Mark's hollering to me, "Stop taking pictures!" Yeah, John's taking, <laughs> taking movies all this time, and I'm 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 you know watching a canoe get turned inside out on a rock. You know, that was what I was seeing. You know, we managed to to salvage the situation without any damage, but uh, uh, you know that was one of the moments on this little side trip. Uh, uh, further down, we had a, a young kid who was no more than 13 years old. No, he was 12, I think. 12, yeah. yeah. Uh, small kid. John, and, uh, yeah. John McCloskey. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds familiar. Uh, uh, maybe he'll be a listener and, and, and <laughs> contact us. So we're we're walking down the the river and and, and knew that a waterfall was yeah, just up ahead. Yeah, we knew that you know by the the topo that there was a waterfall up ahead, and uh, uh, we had as as a preface to this one of the routine things we did with the kids, very early on, uh, was we had them swim in the rapids, 
you know, we, we would stop at a, at a place where there was... Well, no life jackets, by the way, on this, yeah. any of these trips. Yeah, yeah. So, so, we, so we had, but we had, there was, a, there was a rapids where the kids could experience floating in the water down, you know, as, as if they overturned, they'd have an opportunity to see what it was like to, to uh, travel, you know, uh, go down the rapids feet first, you know. Uh, and, on and, their backs. You know, on their yeah. backs and, and recover themselves. Kind of like your experience on the boat oh, sure. you know, only with a life jacket. So, so, uh, uh, so kids had had you know an opportunity to to get some comfort level in the, in, in fast water. Uh, even though we had one kid, we almost lost because he pinned a, an ankle in a rock and got flipped over and under the water. But uh, we we salvaged that situation. But Doug, anyway, Doug Mullally. Yeah, Doug Mullally. So anyway. We're, we're walking down this rapids above the above the uh, this waterfall, and this young kid loses his footing. The water's a little too deep for him to be buoyant, and and he just starts floating down, floating down the river, happy as a clam. You know, I can see a big smile on his face, and we know there's a falls. Well, well, we can see it at this point. You can hear it. It's just just, <laughs> and it's, you know, just about three hundred feet out of the grab a rock. You know, stop yourself. You know, and we're we're running down the. the so we made this human chain. Yeah. You know, uh, and we're able to grab them. Yeah, but uh, uh, that was another scary moment. And then at the and and uh, uh, above the the falls, so we're lining the canoes uh, uh, to get around the falls. And uh, uh, the canoe that uh, uh, I was responsible for with a with another young kid, uh, just as just as we're pulling it in, the rope gives way. You know, the the knot comes untied, and we just grab it. You know, it swings around to go over the falls and just grab it. To, to, you know, just in time. And then below the falls, uh, one of the kids wants to to see what it's like to you know to get near the falls and reaches a point where the, the you know the, the, the turbulence is pulling them back in under the water you know and they scramble to just get out get out just in time of uh, and make it of of you know i guess these are all kind of little heart stopping moments that of of are really you know pretty of uh uh, involve questionable judgment on the part of of, of, of uh, these two young people who are who are carrying these you know children of of, uh, of people. So who I'm twenty. Have I'm, our so I'm twenty one, and Mark's. I, uh, I was eighteen, and, uh, and yeah. how did you guys make it to this age? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or no, well, when we had the kids, I was older. I was I was I was twenty. 20 well, sixty five. Yeah, sixty five would be yeah, twenty three. Yeah, yeah. But, but you, that when you referenced uh, Doug Mullally and the and the below uh, longer and the, the first portage below longer that little short one with the, all the poison with the, ivy yeah with the poison yeah. ivy that we paddled down down in, in, in the spring in, trip in, yeah in the spring yeah. trip uh, the water wasn't as high then but so we were pl- swimming in the rapids and I'm filming and Doug Mullaly he's, he's a big guy 19 years old he's out in the middle and uh, I suddenly see him bend backwards and go down into the water he he jammed his foot yeah. And I'm taking pictures this whole time with a movie camera, and he managed to get down and free up his foot. In, in the, yeah, and I'm I'm you know racing to to get out to him in the in the in the rapids yeah. and, and having a hard time struggling. But uh, so what's happened since then? Since those trips with the kids? Well, uh, uh, you spent a, uh, a lot of time through the the seventies, uh, you know, continuing to canoe, and I would, you know, Louise and I were raising a young family and really didn't do very much canoeing through the seventies, and then as our kids got old enough, uh, uh, six and and eight years old, we started canoeing again, you know, with a with a young family, uh, going into the eighties, uh, uh, in Algonquin, and. Uh, uh, and I discovered a a beautiful solo canoe, a, a Curtis of uh, 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 canoe from uh, from Hemlock, New York, that I that I picked up in in '85, and started solo canoeing, and had a you know had a blast you know with, with some you know great solo canoe trips. One uh, an epic one starting from in the spring from Tim Lake uh, uh, went down. The uh, uh, went out through uh, Big Bob down the the Nipissing, 
up through uh, uh, Gibson and and uh, uh, TP and and then down through uh, uh, Nadine and back onto the Nipissing to Brent and then back up uh, mm. uh, the Petawawa and through Plum and and uh, uh, oh, uh, back up uh, the Tim. What's the the lake at the foot of Tim? Uh, uh, went up through Divine and then back to Tim, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that was a, a six or seven day trip. I did I did uh, a couple days that of uh, thirty five or more k, you know, in a in a day. Uh, yeah, and, and, and you you love getting up in the morning, and you and you like breaking camp and getting out on the water quickly. Yeah. So you'd you'd take uh, instant oatmeal mixed with uh, instant yeah. coffee. Instant instant coffee. Yeah, that, and that, uh, that was oh, that was, was the same place. That's right. <laughs> that was that was breakfast. You know, waking waking up and and Jeez. having your your socks frozen outside the tent and and dipping them in the water in order to thaw them out and and and, and in order to put them on in the morning and. Uh, you know, just some some uh, great times. So I, uh, I really didn't appreciate w how cold the water is on this in a spring trip. This was in early May, uh, uh, and as I came back to Tim Lake, I knew I needed to to, uh, to, uh, to wash up before I went back to civilization. So I, you know, I pulled over the side of the lake and and uh, 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 attempted to take a dip. And it was like instant ice cream headache, you know, and, and, you know, immediately jumping out. And, and here I'd done this whole trip, you know, much of it without a life jacket. You know, you, you just, you know, you weren't thinking life jackets. This would have been, I think it was 87, 88, of, uh, you know, and crossing Cedar Lake and, you know, of, of, uh, and, and back. Uh, you know, the, the, the uh, the risks that we took, you know, yes, back in the yeah. day, you know, and got away with. Uh, in the early yeah. '90s, we discovered dry suits, <laughs> <laughs> and that they are just so magical. It, it, uh, yeah. it changes the cold water into just another yeah. playground. Nine, yeah, '91, we took a a, a trip down uh, the Bonchere, of uh, you know, uh, starting from Shell Lake over to McCaskill, and and. Uh, uh, down to Bonshire in, in three days, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, just the bear stories alone, yeah. you know, all these, you know, enough years of, I tried to recently to count up all my bear encounters, and I got to 30 or so, but uh, I mean, most of them very, not scary at all, but there were a few early on that were a little exciting. Yeah. Liz and I took a trip in, and at one, campsite which was a, a sandy area uh, in the back of the camp fishermen had been there before and, f and made a hole and filled it with fish guts and there was a steep hill behind the, the camp and there's the biggest bear I've ever seen it was starting to weave its way through the down through the trees down the hill I assumed by the, because of the smell of the fish so I started throwing bang pots and that didn't seem to work so I started throwing stones at him I remember hitting him with this with rock uh and he kept he didn't slow him down just he was just taking his time so we Liz and i grabbed our sleeping bags and the food left the tent up and uh, got in the canoe and went over to, to a little island that had just a little narrow alder bank at the edge of this steep slope and just slept in the bushes overnight but every and, uh, you know it was the routine every that was our vacation of uh, every year when you know with our family with our young kids was a couple of weeks yeah. in in Algonquin. Yeah, we got um, yeah. routed you know routed out of camp by three bears on uh, Macintosh with yeah, the kids. Yeah, that was yeah that was on one of the trips in the in the sixties with the with the kids. So, actually, had had an encounter with garbage had, problems yeah, in those days. Well, we had yeah. we had gone with the kids up to the uh, uh, to the tower and of uh, and. Uh, on white trout, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, back when there was a tower there, and on our way back, uh, uh, came across a, 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 a cub in the in the trail who two two, two, two cubs, cubs who who took off and went up a tree, and then we realized the mother was right there uh, on the other on side, the other of, side of the trail. <laughs> <laughs> and and our group of kids of uh, and you know John, uh, they went running you know down the trail, and we turned around with the the kids who were near me and ran back up the other side 
and mom is there on one side, standing up on her hind legs, and the kids are up in the in the in the uh, the little cubs are up in the tree, and it was like this Mexican standoff. We're all standing there, figuring, trying to figure out what's going to happen next, and the cubs came down and and went to mama and 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 ran off. We had a cub come right into our campsite in Happy Isle. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is, oh, isn't this... Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a good idea. Yeah, go away, go away. <laughs> uh, but uh, but, it, but uh, in the 90s, uh, uh, actually through uh, uh, Ian and Sylvia, who were the friends outside the, the park that we came to know, they took up uh, kayaking on Georgian Bay and, and spoke enthusiastically about it. And Louise and I decided we'd, you know, we'd explore that, uh, uh, see what that was like. And uh, for a couple of years, rented kayaks and, and, and started uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to discover Georgian Bay and really loved it. Uh, but but uh, uh, realized that uh, uh, we had a lot more flexibility with canoes. And after seeing some people out in canoes on Georgian Bay and that, in fact, people were you know, going places where uh, where we could go with a kayak, uh, decided we'd uh, you know we'd try it with canoes and and uh, and we've been going to Georgian Bay every year ever since. With a, uh, swift, a big Swift Winisk. Yeah, with a the Swift Winisk is a beautiful canoe for big water. We you know we've found anyway that uh, that we've described as being like a, a, a four wheel drive. It'll take you places you shouldn't be. You right. Know? But we've we've uh, uh, paddled uh, uh, Georgian Bay from uh, uh, from Snug Harbor all the way uh, uh, up to uh, beyond Killarney. You, you know, still do so, every summer. Yeah, for, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's not, it doesn't sound like I mean we do the same thing I mean, every year. You you take the canoe trips and the camping trips with the kids and the family, and that's what you do, or you yeah. do the camping thing. So I don't think that's really changed much over the years. Everybody's mm. still doing it. So over the years. From when you first started going to Algonquin to now, because um, you guys are still heading up that way. Yeah. What are the biggest changes that you've seen in um, the way people are canoeing, the types of people that are canoeing? The, the, yeah. the campsites are overused. Yeah, they're yeah, just they're the, just the, br- they're yeah. just brushed yeah. out. So it's yeah, it's, the the, uh, pre- the pressure from from the numbers of people of. Uh, one of, the, one of the elements that really uh, motivated me a great deal to begin with about going to Georgian Bay, and then, I mean, we just fell in love with the place, had to do with the restrictions, you know, that came with the pressure on Algonquin Park, where you had to, you know, you had to make reservations and, and identify what lakes you were going to. I mean, our experience in the park, to, to begin with, there weren't, weren't even designated campsites. You know, we you know if if uh, you went onto a lake and and the campsites were were taken that you saw that were readily available, you could make a campsite, and and you know we've had the experience of campsites that we made back in the '60s actually became you know of the designa- designated campsites in different places. I, I even right. cut a portage that's still used to this day, yeah. uh, and Jeff, Jeffrey has on his map a historic site that uh, I alerted the. Part two, they had a campsite on it, and they closed the campsite. Really, uh, that's 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 kind of neat. And the, and getting the portage from Hood Lake over. Yeah, yeah, that's a more recent uh, of, uh, experience. You know, doing the Minas Link with uh, uh, with our Canadian friends and and uh, uh, working, you know, helping to identify a, a potential route of uh, over what had been historically a canoe route. Uh, from Hood Lake into into uh, McCraney Lake, and uh, f- uh, you know just uh, f- uh, uh, flagging that and reestablishing and, and it, reestablishing it, yeah. You know, yeah. So, so I, I mean, the park experimented for a number of years with different ways of of accommodating the growing numbers of people, and finally came down to the system they use now. Uh, but I, I'll never forget your description of you and the young kids. On uh, Otterslide Lake, yeah. just approaching a campsite, and you were just offshore yeah, deciding yeah, whether this is where yeah. you wanted to stay. And a couple of young kids came barreling in in front of you and jumped out and grabbed the site. Yeah, yeah. Right. With you know, with uh, I was with Louise and our two children, you know, in, in two canoes, 
and we're just looking, you know, we paddled up to look at the campsite to decide, you know, to think about, you know, is this, is this going to be a good site for, for us to finish, you know, that evening because it was getting late in the day. And these two guys, you know, paddled right in between us and, and, and landed and, and took the campsite. But, like but you know, trippers etiquette, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, I mean, so you've got beginners or people just learning how to yeah. camp and how to have good camping manners. And yeah. Uh, yeah. so a lot more people... Uh, uh, more trash uh, on campsites. I, you know, I'm, over the years, uh, uh, we've come to the conclusion that uh, uh, you know it's it's just not worth the the uh, uh, the the the, the, uh, the hassle of of finding ways to get into the park off of Highway 60. You know, right. We'll just use access points elsewhere. Uh, that uh, and the and to know that you know no matter what no, almost no matter where you start uh, you're going to have to put uh, uh, you know uh, a couple thousand k of uh, portages behind you before you're actually going to get back into that backcountry experience. Uh, right. I uh, had meniscus surgery on both knees a couple months apart about eight years ago, and the re the reason for it was an injury I had in the park. Uh, coming to the end of a long portage, I got a pack and a canoe on, and I come to, come to the end of the portage, and there was a group there. Of, they had about like five or six canoes side by side, still in the water, and they were sitting there eating lunch. So they had they were plugging the the, the entry way, and just enough room for me to walk alongside on one side, and I get in the water, and I it's slick clay, and so I'm up on one leg trying to keep from falling onto their canoes and, and damaging their gear or my gear. And, and that torque of, of trying to do that just tore up the meniscus in my uh, right leg and then the, the left leg, uh, that, so I favored that leg and the other leg <laughs> got bad too and uh, as a result of that, so, yeah. but. But I guess it, it, when all is said and done, one of the, one of the things that, that keeps us going uh, you know, is is not only the 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 years of of, uh, of enjoyment that the park has given us and and challenge and adventure, uh, but it's also discovering another generation of of people who share our our love and appreciation for the place. Well, and, it's it's definitely become quite popular. Yeah. You know, over the years, and um, the amount of canoe trippers and stuff you see out there is is grown even from the, the number of years I've been going. Yeah. So now I know we talked before and you said, you know, you, you went there a few times and started knowing the large number of camp groups yeah. that were coming through there. I mean, there there are the historical camps in Algonquin right. Park. Um, now, you, you see that to begin with. And now, not only yeah. the camp groups... But as you say, that next generation that started at the camps yeah. are now with their own families, doing their mm -hmm. own canoe yeah. trips, and going, you know, yeah. and their kids, if they're going to yeah. the camps, yeah. eventually yeah. it'll be their kids as well, right? Yeah. Going to... Well, the camps are feeling the pressure too. I know Pathfinder is taking most of its trips outside the park now. Yeah, Ontario is a huge <laughs> province with an incredible amount of water. So there are lots of opportunities out there. Yeah. Oh, there's, uh, there's, yeah, lots yeah, of opportunities yeah. to, be go, to go. And as you say, doing the Georgian Bay and yeah, and that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and and even there, where you know, one of our favored place access, you know, the routes of access to Georgian Bay is coming down the French River, and the French River Provincial Park, where when we first started there in the '90s, of uh, you know, you you know, you camp anywhere. Yeah. Now they've got designated campsites and numbered, and and the you know the park restriction you know presumably is that you should only be camping at the designated campsites. Meanwhile, you know our experience in 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 you know more than twenty years of camping on Georgian Bay is is we know some beautiful campsites that aren't designated campsites, and and of, uh, of how do you you know negotiate in your own mind whether the park you know rules and regulations and your own experience and what you know you can do to enjoy the place. Yeah, I mean, what you guys used to do back in the 60s is, you know, no longer, for right. lack of a better term, yeah. politically yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, you or, can't or just... a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't just go yes, and yeah. bushwhack it's, a spot yeah, out. It's not appropriate because yeah. of the pressure yeah. that the place is feeling. 
Now, besides Algonquin Park, what are some of the best places that you've canoed in? Uh, Tamagami, uh, Georgian Bay, uh, uh, Killarney, La Verandrie, the Adirondack Mountains. Yeah, we, do, uh, we, we have, have, because our, our children are dispersed in areas south of here, uh, uh, we've you know, tried to introduce our grandchildren to, uh, to canoeing. Right. Have, have gone to uh, uh, the Adirondacks, but there's there's nowhere near the opportunity in the Adirondacks uh, that's comparable to what you can get in in, in Ontario and right. or in Canada. Uh, you know, really, that's that's the that's that's a a, a, a precious resource that uh, uh, you know I, I you know I have the the, the sense that uh, the, the Canadians have, have also you know understand and appreciate. I hope I hope you know. Far, I think the, the people that are into yeah. it definitely <laughs> yeah. definitely know. Yeah, you know that. Yeah. But I mean, when you're down here, it's a good place to get them started, and then yeah, yeah, you know when they've. When you got them hooked, yes, yeah. That's when you head them north, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember the the years, the hiatus uh, between having young kids and getting back into canoeing. Uh, so like there was like almost ten years there where I w was in the park maybe twice, uh, from seventy to eighty, and in, in nineteen eighty when we uh, it's been continuous since nineteen eighty, but I remember in nineteen eighty thinking, will they still let me in? <laughs> will, they, will they still let an American use the park? I mean, I was really concerned. I said, "Man, if I were Canadian, I don't know if I'd want." You know, one way to cut down the, the flow is uh, the too many people yeah. is, is that only Canadians use it. But yeah. but well. it's but since Ottawa keeps sucking the money out of Algonquin, I guess uh, the more people, the better, huh? Come in the fall, if you're on a canoe trip in the fall, you hit any of the access points along Highway 60. And it's all tour buses with uh, Japanese wow. and, and whatnot in there. And we've come out of, of uh, fall trips. And we got the canoe, we've got the gear. And we are your, your picture book, stereotypical <laughs> Canadians with the canoe and the, the lumber jackets. And, you know, and, and they're, they're getting pictures with us. And, you know, you're, trying, you're just trying to get your gear out because it's been a long day paddling. And you're trying to get your gear to your vehicle. And all of a sudden, 15 people want pictures with this, this Canadian voyageur. We met some of, real Canadians. You know, yeah, and that's exactly what it is. They're, these are the real Canadians. Yeah. Yeah. This is what they're doing. Were there two Asians that drowned just offshore from... Uh, Canoe Lake, or uh, that was was that was not Opiango? Opiango, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it was a couple of Korean students okay, a few okay. years back. Didn't get yeah. the proper instructions. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they, no yeah. life jackets, I guess. Well, they didn't know. Yeah. Well, they don't have to. They don't have to be of uh, 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 non-Canadian. So you know, last spring uh, uh, with uh, with Marcus and Scott, uh, uh, we went on a, an exploration of, of uh, out of uh, uh, Acre. But we can't. This is you know. This is early spring. You know, shortly, not long after ice out, and and uh, uh, we've become much more cognizant of the dangers of, of cold water, and we come out onto uh, uh, St. Andrew. What for whatever reason there was a there was a lot of canoe yeah. traffic, and canoe after canoe, people who very clearly from the the canoeing lack of canoeing skills that you could see, you know, were were wending their way across the lakes without life jackets on. Adults you know, with kids. Yeah, you know? yeah. In 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 the spring, early spring, where you've only got minutes to deal with if you yeah. end up in the drink. Well, I mean, I, I I gotta imagine that's one of the things you guys have seen change is the more <laughs> emphasis put on safety yeah. over yeah. the years. Now you've got to have the PFD. You got to have the the safety bucket yeah. with the. Yeah. The, yeah. the rope and the whistle and the yeah. everything well, like and, that and, and, and for years we've been you know we've been since we discovered of, of uh, uh, dry suits uh, you know have been have been doing as early as we can spring trips because it's it's such a special time of the year and it's a special time of the year as well if you're trying to bushwhack <laughs> because without the vegetation you makes know, it you easier can, yeah mm. it makes it much easier <laughs> you can find your way yeah of uh, and uh, uh, you know, so our our sensitivity and appreciation to you know to the risks of cold water is much more keen than it ever was before, uh, and and because we've got the the equipment to enjoy it, uh, and uh, uh, you know we continue to see people, you know. Uh, Pressing their luck, you know, and I guess we pressed our luck when we were younger and got away with it, but. Uh, 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 
you know, it's, it's, it, you're, you're, you're still pressing your luck. So, so I've, uh, Mark and I feel really uh, fortunate to be alive at a time when there's something like the Algonquin Park Forum, forums to uh, help us to continue to grow in our... Uh, and pass the knowledge on as well. Yeah, and pass, you know, thing, pass things on, yeah. I've learned a lot from the forums and, and people like you guys that have passed on the information. I mean, I think the deep down, the reason people are going canoeing is exactly why you guys started was for the exploration yeah. to get out there. I mean, now there's, there's the, oh, I'm getting back to nature and, and all that. Um, yes, the cities are bigger, so you want to get away from the city and stuff. But deep down, just getting out there, exploring, uh, you know, jumping in, in, in the canoe with a buddy or something and just, just get away from everything is, is still there and see what's out there. And I think, yeah, you get places like Algonquin that there's a lot of pressure, but that just forces those... Who have that much more of the urge to to explore to go that much farther mm. you know well, like when we we've gone to woodland caribou yeah. you know and you've got to scour a lake for this little pile of rocks on this yeah. on the shore and that's where the portage starts yeah. <laughs> and you got to look for these blazes on the tree that have been there for i don't know yeah. how many years yeah you know some that are grown over and and all of a sudden you put your canoe down because you don't know yeah. you can't see yeah. any more blazes and stuff and yeah. you know and then you got to do the, the the exploration and find where you're going and i think that is still out there yeah well there there are resources available that that we never had like just yeah. you know uh, uh, a couple of years ago when we were doing the second leg of the meanest link and we wanted to to finish up uh, the the upper watershed the upper waters of of the big east uh, it was Jeff's map that that uh, gave us the uh, the courage to do it because we knew if we got stopped by the water levels that there was an old logging road. Right. Who knew what condition it was in? But the map showed an old logging road. There. You know, there was there was a, a, a place you could bail to, uh, uh, which we ended up using uh, in a couple instances of uh, that uh, that would give us an opportunity to uh, to explore that area. Right. That there were that there were resources out there, and and uh, uh, we certainly never had anything like that available to us, uh, you know, earlier. Well, and the internet, I mean, the yeah, internet I mean, is just is huge. I mean, with Google yeah, Earth and yeah. and all that, I mean, yeah. you definitely get more. And yeah. you know, you're not just relying on friends to, that have gone to these places. To say, hey, well, yeah. you can check this out. Yeah. You can check this out. Or as you started yeah. with the old roadmaps. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, this road goes there, so we can yeah. launch there and. Hope yeah. for the best. Well, well and, 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 the, and the first leg of, of the meanest link, of, of, uh, it, was, it was Google Earth that, that gave us the view of this old logging road that connected over to Hood Lake to be able to say, yeah, that logging road is open enough, even though it was you know, getting choked with vegetation. You, know, you could see it you know, right. from Google Earth, and, and we ended up actually camping on that road uh, you know, one day. You talk about the changes, Sean, in the, in the park. Uh a lot more young women with obviously with good skills and strength and uh, I think so so hardly any any yeah. women when yeah. really well just, and and, yeah. and uh, we've run across uh, uh, women soloing you know, yeah in the park you know, oh, we've just, touched on that on our show before yeah. is it's it's no longer just a man's sport yeah, yeah. you know I mean it's, it's everybody's yeah. everybody yeah. wants to get out there you know what it's 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 great to get out there and you know we still do our exploring and whatnot and and I mean, it's pioneers like you guys that have really helped yeah. to bring it, yeah. you know, and, and get the next generations going, Yeah, you know. Well, well. And like I say, I've always heard about the Scarlet Brothers. Yeah. and uh, Well, we've, we've loved it in our own time, and, and it's the next generation that's, that's, that's still uh, uh, pulling us along and, and, uh, and helping us uh, continue to make it, you know, so... We well, appreciate that. Uh, I'm hoping you guys got many years left in you to uh, to keep on going, and we can actually get on the water together for yeah, a yeah. for a trip. You're going to be at the spring gathering. I'm sure hoping to be. Yeah. In um, my I'm, my new uh, prospector. That, yeah. That's my hope too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. See your new boat. I got the new one. Yep. So. You going to paddle it or taxi it? <laughs> I will paddle it, unlike other people <laughs> who shall re, re, uh, remain nameless. Who are all going to take the water taxi? Yeah, but you, well, what we would be wearing in that cold water? Nothing. 
<laughs> yes, no, I, I, I'm hopefully planning to get up there and, and uh, yeah. like I said, get on the water and do some more canoeing. I just can't wait to start. So, but I'd like to give you guys a really big thank you, you know, not thank only you. for Enjoy. for doing this interview, but, you know, sharing the knowledge you guys have gotten over well, 60 yeah. some odd years of, of being on the water yourselves. Thank very, you. very much appreciated. Well, well, thanks for giving us a chance to uh, revisit those, some of those years. But, uh, I'm sure you've got many more stories to tell. <laughs> and many more to make, too. Yeah, and probably some of them that people have heard too many times. <laughs> you know, it was really cool sitting around the table listening to John and Mark talk about their entire history of, of paddling. And seeing in front of us, which you don't see because it's a radio show, they had the photos and the maps sitting right in front of us. And again, I missed out on that because I couldn't make this trip. I would have loved to have sat there and, and watch and look at these pictures and listen to that oral history. It was, yeah, it was, it was really neat. But there was one part of the, the interview, which we've cut out of today's show, just because there's it, it, too long um, of, a, of a show otherwise. Um, one canoe trip that started it all, that got them hooked in Algonquin Park and to the canoe tripping experience totally. And next week, we are going to play that entire verbal trip log that, that they just laid out what, this, what happened on this trip. And you definitely don't want to miss it. So tune in next week and listen to the Scarlet Brothers' first canoe trip trip log. Until then, I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. See you next time.